Welcome to another episode of the series of podcasts on the British influence in the River Plate region. We've got a slightly different episode for you today. On the one hand, we're not taking such a large step back in time. We're only looking back 20 years to 1997. On the other hand, we're not analyzing the influence of a major historical event such as the Second World War or the arrival of the railway in the River Plate region. We're analyzing the influence of a book written by a British author that magically took our region and the entire world by storm. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone is the book in question, written by J.K. Rowling and followed by six more books in a series that has sold over 450 million copies in more than 200 countries. It is undoubtedly one of the greatest British influences in recent literary history leaving its mark on readers both young and old across the globe. And here to talk to us about J.K. Rowling and the influence of Harry Potter is Daniela Nciarte, a Uruguayan English teacher and self-confessed Harry Potter addict. First, we ask Daniela, who is J.K. Rowling? Well, J.K. Rowling is a British author. Uh, She didn't start that way, though. Uh, she was born in 1965, uh, 31st of July, which is also Harry Potter's birthday. She she gave her the same birthday. Um, it's very interesting because she started writing at age six. Uh, she always tells a story. She wrote uh, a story about a rabbit named Rabbit. Very creative. Uh, she studied in Exeter University, uh, reading English and French. Uh, she focused on the classics, but apparently she wasn't very good academically. She wanted to study whatever she wanted and not really focus on whatever her professors told her to. Uh, the classics, though, influenced a lot of her writing in terms of the myths that appear in Harry Potter, fantastical creatures and, and things like that. Also in the spells, the names of the spells in Harry Potter are all based in Latin or Greek words. Um, uh, she worked for a while in Amnesty International, which gave her some some experience with uh, dealing with foreigners and their their difficult stories that they had. She moved to Portugal when she was young, uh, in 1990, 1992, teaching English as a second language. Uh, so that gave her experience as a teacher as well. Uh, she got married there to a Portuguese journalist, and then she she had a daughter, and then she divorced him and went back to England. Uh, apparently, there was some some problems with the, with the personality of, of the man. There was there's some rumors about uh, domestic violence. So she went through some very rough periods in her life. But she got through them by writing Harry Potter and other things. Next, we asked Daniela how J.K. Rowling came up with the character of Harry Potter. Right, it's a very interesting story. Uh, she says that she was on a train back when she was living in, in England still, before she moved to Portugal. Uh, she was waiting on a train going back from Manchester to, to London and she just it, the, the boy just appeared in her mind uh, and the whole idea of a magical a magical school and, and a boy who had this terrible fate inside him that needed to, to defeat this dark lord. And she started she kept that idea, she started writing it. Then something really horrible to her happened. A few months after she came up with this idea, her mother died. She had had a a long battle with uh, multiple sclerosis, which is a very terrible disease. And that caused her some some very deep grief in her. 
especially because she hadn't told her mother that she was that Harry Potter had been born in her mind. Uh, so that was a very important moment for her. And it was reflected in, in Harry Potter itself, yes, because Harry Potter also loses his parents at a young age. And during the books, the, the theme of grief and, and getting over death is, is widely explored. When she went to Portugal, she started writing it. And when she came back to England, she had three chapters ready. And then it gets really interesting because uh, she was unemployed. She moved to Edinburgh uh, to be near her sister that lived there so that at least she had some family. And she had a young daughter to take care of. So she applied for government welfare and she lived on that while writing her books on cafes because she says that it was um, the only way to get her daughter to sleep was to go on a walk and then she would just sit on the cafe and, and write there. You can go to the, to the two cafes in Edinburgh that she wrote in and there's, there's plaques and, and things marking uh, where she wrote. And then the process of publishing was the other important thing in her life. Uh, she finished the book in 1996 and it was denied, it was uh, refused to publish by 12 different publishers. She had to really fight for it. Uh, people would tell her that it was too long for a child's book. So yeah, eventually Bloomsbury accepted it only because one of the editor's daughters read the first chapter and demanded to see the rest. And so her father saw that it had potential and eventually asked for the rest of the book to be published. And from then on, it was a huge boom. It exploded. It was immediately bought in America by Scholastic, and it was published there as well. Two years later, I think, that she got the, the movie deals. So it exploded really, really fast, which gave her the possibility to improve her life, obviously. And following up on the point of Harry Potter's explosive success, these are Daniela's thoughts on why it has such a large fan base, both here in Uruguay and all over the world. Uh, Harry Potter has been, I mean, it has been translated to hundreds of languages. I think it has the record for the most translated book apart from the Bible or something like that. Yeah, many different cultures feel identified with this, with this young boy who has this magical life. I'm not sure if it's just the magic part of it or if it's the journey that he goes through. Uh, for me in particular, it was something that I grew up with. I started reading them when I was 10 and the last book came out when I was 17. And it's a very important period, right? It's the adolescence of a person, right? And it's, uh, I think I, I learned many things from it. it. It shaped my personality in a way as well. And the things that I believe in. And yeah, I think it holds like, it, it's like magical. The book itself is magical. I'm a teacher now. And uh, this year I'm teaching the first book in, in high school, in the, in the school that I, where I work. And I could see immediately in these kids that are not very interested in reading in general, it comes a point when the magic starts appearing in the book that they get really interested in and they get really into it and you can see the magic working on them and they start asking questions and they want to know more and I can see it with my own eyes. Even though I experienced it myself, now as a teacher I can, I can see it as well. It's really brilliant. Worldwide, it has also caused the same effect. There are fan clubs. Uh, there, was, there is a, a fan club here in Uruguay in Montevideo. I participated in one back then when I was a teenager where we just got together to talk about it and play games and put up plays. It was very a very interesting period of my life. There's a whole community online as well, which I think is super interesting. Uh, there was this page called MuggleNet that I used to enter religiously every day because there were news about the movies or about the books. People would get together to discuss what they thought would happen next. 
because that was the other thing, right? We had to wait between books. Now you can read them all in a month if you want. But back then, like between the fourth and the fifth, there was two years, and the same between the fifth and the sixth, and so on. So you had two years to reread them all and start coming up with theories. People would fight about what they think would happen, what characters would get together. And yes, there is like a community online now. Um, there's a book club now that is sponsored by this page called Pottermore that J.K. Rowling created a few years ago where she put extra information about characters and, and, and places and spells, which is very interesting. I have a very obsessive nature and I want to know everything I can about these things and I think that most people who like Harry Potter feel the same way. We want to know about uh, Harry's parents, what were they like, even though there's not so much information there in the books, but we want to know more. And there's the other good thing that I that I have seen is that it Harry Potter to me created a new interest in young people in reading. My generation particularly did not read very much. I feel that that it has renewed interest in reading. Uh, there are new sagas for for young adults now as well that got inspiration from Harry Potter. These authors and. It has even inspired people to write themselves. There's a whole sector of the internet that is de dedicated to fan fiction, which is people writing new stories about Harry Potter or the characters, uh, imagining them in new situations or changing things that happen in the story. And to me, it's, it's a fantastic thing because it, it creates new material for people to read and it develops creativity in people as well. As mentioned, the Harry Potter books have been translated into dozens of languages. Daniela has read them, both in English and in Spanish, and we asked her whether anything was lost in translation when reading the books in Spanish. The first four books, I read them in Spanish first. I was uh, 14, no, 13, when the, when the fifth book came out, and by then I was really good at English, so I decided to read the fifth book only in English. Besides, the fifth book came here in, in English first. I had to wait many more months until the translation came out, and there was no way I was waiting anymore. So yeah, I read it in English. And as I was saying, because we had so much time to wait, I reread the books many times and I read them in Spanish and I read them in English. And one day I was reading the second book in English and I found a sentence that I did not remember from the Spanish translation. I had read it many, many times in Spanish, so I knew it almost by heart. And I went back to the Spanish book and I said, no, this sentence was not translated. There was a sentence missing. It was a very tiny thing. But to me, it was like, no. <laughs> so the rest of the day I spent comparing the two books. <laughs> As I said, it had a very obsessive nature. But no, uh, the translations were actually very good. Uh, I have heard from different languages that, for example, they changed Voldemort's name. Uh, in French, for example, he's called something different. Uh, in Spanish, no, that has remained the same. Most of the names, in fact, have remained the same, which I think is good because it retains some of the culture of, of Harry Potter itself and, and England, obviously. So, that's it for today's slightly different episode, this time on the influence of a young wizard in this part of the world. Be sure to check in for more episodes on the British influence in the River Plate region in coming weeks. And thanks for joining us.